welcome to Fun Theater Co., the podcast. This is Kayla and Marcus today, Hello. and we're here talking with one of my best friends ever, Hello. genius costume designer and constructor, Meredith Crowdy Dewey. Wow, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. No, it's it's important for yeah. us to have you. Can Thank you, you uh, for allowing us to question you. Yeah, please. I I would like yeah. to be given the third degree. I would like all <laughs> of the questions because I, I I want to talk to other theater people so badly about what I'm doing. Yeah. What? Well, what are you doing right now? Okay. Well, I feel like I just made it sound like I was doing something big and exciting. <laughs> I feel like it's big and exciting. Come on. <laughs> For a little bit of backstory, I am a recent grad with my BFA in costume design from Rutgers University in New Jersey. So I moved to New York shortly after that, and I was doing freelancing work for a while before the pandemic, blah, 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 the pandemic happened, still happening. But the big difference is that right now, and since November, I've been part of the Juilliard Professional Apprenticeship Program. Mm -hmm. So I have been getting to work as a staff member in their shop and work with the designers and it's been a very different experience than normal because of the way this school year is playing out. But it's been really cool and like a really feels like a very solid like, oh, I have a job job, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is new. How did you get into the freelancing industry? In sure, New York? sure. <laughs> um, it was it was a very natural transition. The school set up a portfolio for us for the end of the or at the end of our program, which is uh, which takes place in New York City. And so we all carted our stuff across the river and set up in a conference room and they had a bunch of industry people come look at our stuff, tell us their thoughts, (laughs) decide if they liked us, all of that stuff. And from that point, actually two days after that is when I moved into my apartment here and started getting jobs kind of through that and also through my faculty from college. The thing about technical theater is that it does tend to be very word of mouth in terms of where the jobs right. are. So it's like if my professor's friend needs someone to come in at the last minute, they email a bunch of their students and former students and is like, hey, anyone want this job? And then if so, you email that person and they say, can you come in on Monday? <laughs> so yeah. I was doing that game for a while. <laughs> What's freelancing like with costumes when it's not like, will you design this show? Sure. Like, what other sure. jobs would they potentially give you in that so, world? As a person starting out, I was not really coming to New York expecting to get design jobs right away. Right. Right out of college. So the jobs that I was mostly taking, in terms of, like, the freelance world, were design assistant jobs. So in the hierarchy of different jobs that you can have in the costume world, you've got your designer, obviously. And let's, like, pretending we're thinking about, like, a larger production in a major city got your designer then you have the assistant designer who works with the designer directly you might also have in addition to like an assistant designer you might have shoot what is the term for that like a design coordinator as well Mm -hmm. and often you have multiple assistants that have like different levels of seniority so you might have like depending on the, the, the scale of the project like the larger it is the more assistants you're going to have And you'll have like your main one that works directly with the designer, but then you might have an assistant whose job is just to handle the budget, you know? And most of the people that work 
I mean, the, the, the longer you're, you've been doing it, the more connections you have, the closer you're probably going to be to the designer in that. And if you're, if you're looking at, at it from like a hierarchical sense, but then there's also like people who like, they're a paperwork person. That's what they do. And they're very like, you know, so I was doing design assistant work, which is kind of the equivalent of being a specialized PA in TV. That tends to be pretty entry level for theater. It's like, I did a lot of managing influx and outflux of costumes being purchased and made and moved around, like setting up fittings, keeping track of returns, running returns around, running around the garment district, buying fabrics, watching fabric, picking up things at the shops where costumes were being built, taking them to different places, like lots of, lots of coordinating on the ground stuff tends to be like kind of that entry level job. I also worked at, I did some firsthand work for a time pre-pandemic at Parsons Mears Costume Shop, which is a costume, like a, a building shop in New York where pieces get built for film, theater, ice shows, <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff. And then I also have done, I've also done PA work for TV now as well which tends to just be a lot of this that position, but the equivalent for TV. And now working at Juilliard. Yes. Yes. That's where I've been. You have such summer. an expansive resume for <laughs> yeah. being a fall 2019 grad. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, we got out fall 2019. And then January 2020 was when I had the portfolio review moved to New York. Had an action-packed, like, three months <laughs> and <laughs> in, then... which I, <laughs> in which I did a lot of different things. Now and you're working it... on costuming over Zoom. Yes. Yes, I am. So right now I'm doing, I have the Juilliard job, and then I also have, I've, I had, like, a smaller assisting job that I did over Zoom, which then led to a design gig, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. So, um those two projects were fully remote. Like I never was in contact with any of the people. Juilliard is kind of hybrid right now. It's been like slowly scaling up throughout the school mm-hmm. year as it's become safer to do so. So it's kind of just been like project by project having to figure out like how to make things happen because none of the old rules apply. Tell me what it's like the difference of your process when it comes to you know, thinking about the show, thinking about the ideas, meeting mm-hmm. the actors, thinking about what the actors should wear from a normal show and yeah. a Zoom I, show. Yeah. Or not even a Zoom show, but remotely being the costume designer, even if sure. the show is real time, you know? Sure. So the project that I've been working on most recently, the design job, which has been very exciting. And even though it's frustrating in a lot of ways, it's more creatively fulfilling to have even a little bit of artistic control. (laughs) Um, But so that project is fully remote. That's an opera at Rutgers, which is going up. The Rutgers opera department is very separate from the theater department. So I had like lightly worked with them in the past, but Mm -hmm. the reason I got that job was because one of my supervisors at Juilliard hired me to be their assistant for a show they were designing with Rutgers Opera. And then from that, the assistant director of that show asked me if I wanted to be their designer for their next project. So that's how I got that job, which was really exciting. Mm -hmm. That project is like, all of the performers are 
filming themselves independently and it's getting stitched together into like a movie situation. Mm, okay. And since it's opera, the voice is the most important thing. So they all have, they like have recording equipment to like film their vocal performances really, really well. And then they're kind of doing their like physical performance with that as voiceover. Cause it's a little bit less, it's a little bit less acting centric and a little bit more performance centric. So for that process, everything that they wear, I don't have real control over it. We were also operating on a very tight timeline. So everything had to be purchased and purchased and then sent directly to the performers or come from their own closets. So that process was kind of like, first I met with the director, discussed her concept of the piece and it was a very, it's a very experimental piece. So we got to have lots of fun, like conceptual conversations and then kind of, yeah, we, we talked about how she conceptualized the piece, but since it's non-literal, it wasn't like, and it's set in this time period and it's like, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. not so much of jumping off points. So that kind of like mm-hmm. put it on me to come up with a concept, find her visual imagery, bring it to her and be like, what do you think of this? And then we just like bounced ideas back and forth. I also was the only like technical, like I was the only designer on the project. There's no scenic designer or no mm-hmm. lighting designer because they're filming it in their own houses or on their own backyard or whatever right so that was really cool because we just kind of got to like explore it together and then once we had it figured out to a certain degree I was able to start doing zoom calls with the performers being like hey do you have anything like this in your closet and then both filling in the cracks and like finding like the statement pieces that we could purchase to have them sent directly to their houses and then we did zoom fittings which is different than a normal fitting because you can't change it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can't make it better if it doesn't yeah, fit. Nor pin them or new. touch them or help oh, them yeah. tuck in their shirt. <laughs> no, no. And some of these, some of these people, I don't like some of these people. I feel like they're like running zoom on like a, like a camcorder from 1993. Like oh the video quality the video quality of some of these things it's like i can't see what you're wearing can you send me a selfie like can you please take a mirror selfie of yourself because i can't see you that's Um, hilarious what an absurd way to be doing your job yeah 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 i've been i've been in i was in zoom tech all day um oh, no. for juilliard as i've been in zoom tech for a little bit for the show what is zoom tech yeah <laughs> please explain that to us well tech is happening and i'm not there <laughs> i'm on zoom so this show very excitingly is being performed in the space and they're recording mm-hmm. it they're not they're like i think they have like two cameras but it's pretty much like a filmed theater show it's not they're okay. making a film Unlike some of the other projects I've worked on this year. So it's the, so the actors get to be in the space and then there's like a, a stage management team and the director's there. But because of room capacities, like they're being very limited with the number of people that are in the space. So I go into the shop a few times a week, which also has reduced capacity. But because of the building capacities and the limits of this year, we aren't doing builds we're not building costumes. Um, we're doing limited alterations. Fittings have been really limited and mostly virtual. So for this show, it was kind of a situation of like the director worked with the designer. 
to figure out what the show was, and I pulled a ton of stuff from stock, because this was very much kind of a, like, it's a Shakespeare that has a very, like, the, the costumes have a very devised feel. They feel very much like we're in a rehearsal room, like, there's a lot of eclectic, exciting, fun pieces. But so the designer and the director figured out what that look was, and then I went into stock, pulled them racks of clothes, tagged them with who they I think they fit based on the measurements I have on file from a year ago, <laughs> and then sent those clothes to the rehearsal room, and we did a Zoom with the director walking through the rack being like, oh, I like this for this person, I like this for this person, and then they tried them on, and then we did some alterations on some things, and filled in the rest with their wardrobe and that was kind of what that process was in terms of costumes which is it's different it's weird it's weird to never see a performer wear a costume in person you know yeah yeah i yeah. was just about to ask how does uh working virtually affect your design process yeah we all it's there's there's a lot of conversation at Juilliard this semester this year in school year around managing expectations because there's there's just like we can't do all the things we normally could do and some 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 people like are like okay but why not why not and the answer is because there's a pandemic mm-hmm. and right. <laughs> we have we have a lot of rules in place that we have to work around and we're not trying to like cheat the system with those rules. We're trying to keep everybody safe. So right. It's temporary. Yeah. It and doesn't seem like it, but it is. And we the will do normal also, theater again. Like get even tighter once you start incorporating, having to mail things to people. Mm, I'm like, sure. Right. Cause that cuts into your time right now. I have a package that's supposed to be getting to a performer in California tomorrow was supposed to arrive Saturday, but now it's coming tomorrow. And if they don't have it, then she just won't have most of her costume for the first day of capture, which is tomorrow. And there's nothing we can do, you know? Yeah. There's there's That's nothing. Crazy. <laughs> That's uh-huh. all. So you can't expedite FedEx ground once it's already FedEx ground. <laughs> Zoom tech Zoom tech is kind of like I figured it out the other day. It is the exact same feeling of anxiety that I had as a child when I could not see the board and everyone else could. And I was like, how does everyone know what's going on? And it was because I did not have glasses and I really needed them. That is such a good way to describe it. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I actually don't know what's happening. You like Um, can't see as well as everybody else in the room can. Yep. 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 I'm like sitting there trying to take notes and it's like, somebody's pants could rip and you might not notice. Like that person is where I don't, one, you're wearing a mask. Two, I've never met you in person. So I'm just working <laughs> off of your headshot to try and like figure out who you are. And and then like three, like you're already wearing like a costume that I don't I don't know who was assigned who it was assigned to because the director just did it. Like mm-hmm. so that being said, it, it's really exciting to be doing a play mm-hmm. after so long of like not. Mm-hmm. And it is it is exciting. It's like exciting that there's performers in a rehearsal room. It's very sad for me that I can't pop in and see that process, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause that's like so much of the exciting part of this job is like the spontaneity of those moments of like, 
and getting to just be all in one room and like put some magic together and then it's like it, everything goes from like this will mm-hmm. never happen to like well it's happening like so fast there's like that yeah. moment which you don't you don't really get but at the same time it's like there was definitely a moment I was watching it today they were doing like their first dress and I was and like a scene worked that had not worked before like it had not ever been run through all the way and it's like dramatic battle scene and it happened and I was like oh my gosh this is exciting like they're they're doing they're doing something yeah we're making something yeah when we were working on 12th night I remember it was during tech but we had essentially like almost redone this whole (laughs) intro scene which it wasn't even a scene it was more like a montage type thing that I had created for the beginning because once it had everything i was like this feels underwhelming we were and kevin denaire was like they need to be crazy and i was like (laughs) you're right and then so i was like all right y'all before we get into q to q we just have to we're about to be popping off in here something about this moment is boring and we have to make it not boring anymore i know it's 9 30 in the morning but we gotta try and do this and they were all like okay and then we made it work and it was one of those moments where it was like everybody in the room had some type of like influence on what that had become. Yeah. It was just once this weird seed in my mind where I was like, they're going to walk across the stage to the Beatles and then the play will start. (laughs) And then it became something. Well, it's like, that's the, it's that whole, like, sum is greater, like, the, it's greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing of, like, once you get enough yes. creative, mm-hmm. like, weird people in a room with ideas, <laughs> then you get ideas you would not have gotten with them in different rooms sending emails, you know? Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, yeah. So it's, like, like, what I wouldn't give to be, like, sitting in a stagnant, like sweaty rehearsal room watching tech in person you know like (laughs) hopefully we won't take things like that for granted anymore (laughs) right i'm sure i'm sure eventually we'll be like wow i miss the pandemic get me away from all these people every once in a while it it does i do get to like eat messier like louder snacks true you know like i used to eat like a lot of like dried fruit and stuff during tech because it was quiet but now i can eat like i can totally. eat pretzels i can eat whatever i want no one can hear me my camera's off my mic is off like <laughs> that is that's kind of ideal honestly yeah 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 fully in pjs <laughs> i love that you could pee yeah no no one's no one's no one, i'm not getting in the way of anybody if i go pee <laughs> many times as i want <laughs> right Man. So, Meredith, I definitely know you as a really creative person and artistic. And so (laughs) I I feel like no matter what, you would have ended up in some type of artsy-fartsy field. And what do you think, like, why specifically costume design? What narrowed you down to that? And you were like, that is what I want to do. This is what I'm best at. Totally. It's definitely something that people like come to from different avenues, you Mm -hmm. know, like you've got, 
you've got people who come from the fashion world, you've got people who start off as actors, and then they that exposes to them to like the world of technical theater, and they're like, I'm going over there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like the big interest that came first was an interest in clothing, and especially in clothing history. I was I've been fascinated by clothing history since I was a young child, and like as soon as I became interested in it, like started consuming every like written piece of media I could find on clothing history. So like once I got into high school and realized that like, like I joined the theater program in high school and there were people making clothes and I was like, well, I know how to do that. That sounds cool. And that kind of like, once I started doing that, I was like, Oh wait, people do this as a job. And I, for me, that was like, that was it. Like once I, once I knew that it was a possibility, I was in. And it's like, the thing I love so much about costume design is that it's the intersection of so many different things. It's like, because our clothing is like, our clothing is history. It's sociology. It's psychology. It's like, it's like, it tell it's the story of like, uh, class and religion and status and like, everything that we wear is so like it's a visual language and and i and i just like i really i it, it it's like a way of thinking that comes pretty naturally to me i think mm-hmm. so it's like it just made it makes sense to me you know part of my brain i think is hardwired to see things a little bit metaphorically so I speak in metaphors and people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, like a pot when it breaks and then it, uh, or whatever. Yeah. 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 They must Um, join. In one of my design classes in college, that was like all forms of design, like in one class. Oh, the, yeah, that class. Yeah. With Charisse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was (laughs) talking somewhere at the beginning of the semester and she was like, costume design when we do costume things in here is what's going to come the easiest to all of you and what you will automatically get the most ideas for because you costume yourself every day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you think about what you want to wear in the morning and that, mm-hmm. that like blew my mind. I was like, yeah. wow, you really do. And I mean, we will like set design ourselves when like me and Marcus put this apartment together. Sure. Yeah, sure. Kind of thing. So that, but the way that that's such a daily thing and yes. the way that people don't, you know, clothes, they really represent you. And like, definitely there's lots of people who are like, who wake up, look in their closet and they're like, I'm going to pick out an outfit. But there's so many people that are like, oh yeah, I don't think about clothes at all. I just, you know, like put on my jeans and a t-shirt and whatever. Like I wear the same thing every day. And it's like, those people are the most fun to design in, in a way because it's like, if like just a man wearing jeans and a t-shirt can mean anything, it can mean yeah, so yeah. many different things. And it's like, if you, it's like looking at like a picture of like, like if your dad wears jeans and a t-shirt and he also wore jeans and a t-shirt 30 years ago, like those are still two different things, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's like subtly over time, we're all affected by fashion. Even if we don't think we follow fashion, cause it's like the jeans that you buy, that are the like default men's jeans or whatever 
um, are different year by year, and the cut changes. Even if they call it the same cut, it's different. The fabric's different. The fiber yeah. content is different. Like, like the subtle like ways the t-shirt is stitched. Like all those little things that you don't. Most people don't notice the like the little details of them, but it gives an effect. And I think most people are really, really smart at reading those effects, mm-hmm. even if they're not doing it consciously. Because you don't notice necessarily unless something is wrong. Um, and that's like, when it's wrong, it's it's wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about lighting design as well. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't notice when it's good, but... Until it's bad. Until it's bad, it's, it's mm-hmm. bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing Cherise said in that same class is like, good lighting is almost lighting you're supposed to not notice or forget about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because it like, you want it to flow with everything else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it'd be so cool if you were watching a play and you were all of a sudden like, holy shit, it's all red. When did that happen? <laughs> you yeah. know, like I was... Yeah. You, I just being really so cool. in tune with like the world that you're creating it's like i mean without lighting designers like we wouldn't have anything because we wouldn't see anything like um yeah. when i was in when i was in college we were part of the reason i went to rutgers was they do this study abroad program at shakespeare's globe and mm-hmm. the lighting designers would always complain because they were like why are we going to shakespeare's globe they don't do lighting there, <laughs> which is like kind of true, but they did. I mean, they, they made it, they made it so there were like other opportunities for them and stuff, but it's true. It's like, until we, until we created theatrical lighting, you had the sun and that right. was your, that was, and like, and then I guess you can have like torches if you want to burn down your little roof, like, Candles. you know, yeah. um, we all know how that went down. So. <laughs> So it's a that's a very recent it's that's the most recent development, but it's like so hard to imagine. Yeah, it really what now that I think about it, besides maybe like projections, which is becoming its own design field. Mm-hmm. But I guess yeah. lighting design would be the newest one. Because even if it's uh-huh. like before we had soundboards and shit, there was totally somebody sound was design. like, "I'm deciding when we're gonna ring the bell backstage." Because sound design yeah. sounds or like what bell we're gonna like, use. Like you know, there's music. so many manual things. Yeah, because you would have musicians doing true mm-hmm. like. And, and that's your sound design, you know? Mm-hmm. True. Um, but now we, like, put theater into enclosed spaces where you need lights to be able to see anything. So... Yeah. What, How interesting. Yeah, literally, all theater used to be only outside, you know, in the sun. And now it's like all theater is in a pitch black basement. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. I've never thought about that. Even Shakespeare in the Park, I heard they're putting it underground. They're putting it underground? No way. Not, not this summer, I'm they're not. Kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I thought you knew something, I didn't. Ah. No, 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 no. Basements <laughs> only. That's funny. We are like, sorry, we had one chance to make some theater that a lot of people would see this summer because we're not doing it otherwise, and we've decided we're just going to do it on Zoom. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'd be crushed. Yeah, not a good, not a good move for the public. Um, we did, we did another project at Juilliard early, earlier in the semester where they they did film outside. 
what they did was they quarantined the performers at Juilliard. Everyone got tested. They sent them up to Goodspeed Opera in Connecticut and then quarantined them a second time there and tested them. Basically the same way they filmed The Bachelor this season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then they got to do some performances up there and they got to be unmasked and stuff because they've been through this rigorous testing process. Oh, lovely. And they got to, yeah, it was all about like, because it was like, it's at the end of the day, like, this is a school. Mm-hmm. So these students are paying for something and it's like trying to figure out how to get them the best possible experience and keep everyone safe has been like kind of the main prerogative this this year. So they got to go up there and they were in this bubble and they did like outdoor filming of some Shakespeare stuff. No, it wasn't Shakespeare. They, they did a different classical work, but it wasn't Shakespeare. Uh, but they were, that was another, that was like an outdoor project. And I was working on those as well. And that was another situation of like, I, we did not get to have fittings. They did not get to try on the costumes until they were at good speed. And we sent the costumes up on a truck and did some zoom fittings from up there. Mm. And it was like, you know, that's, I hope these fit kind of situation. I've given you several options. I hope something works. Because especially with them doing that quarantining process, there was no ability to do any kind of like in-city fittings before they went up there. Do you feel like you have found a style when it comes to your designs, like a filter that you think through? Oh, man. I, I wish I... I wish I had like more professional design experience under my belt to answer this with. Yeah. That's a thing Um, that would grow and change anyway. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think the pieces, I think the things that interest me the most, I am most interested in like projects that have a grounding in reality and then either veer into reality or they veer into something else. But I, 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 I really do love when I get to use a spe- like my specific knowledge set about history and culture and all these things that inform these choices because it feels like it feels like you get to translate something um you get to because there's like once you start getting into the details there's like instead of just being like oh yeah this piece is going to be super 60s once you figure out like the subset and all the specifics then it's like it's like narrowing your search engine results. Like everything becomes so specific and like hyper-focused and you can be like, oh no, that jacket is so much more correct than that jacket, you know? And you get to make those like little decisions that really, when you put it all together, like creates a picture. That is, that is what is like the most exciting thing to me. Period contemporary. I love, I love doing both. I love shopping for shows uh yeah I do anytime I get to like shop for a character's closet that's really fun because I get to put myself in their head what about when actors are like no no she wouldn't (laughs) wear that it kind of depends what level of performer you're working with because if you're working in a professional context and you're dealing with if you're dealing with a big star and they say that then that's what they get you know yeah, that's that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a little bit more wiggle room for that stuff in TV and film generally. 
especially if they're if they're a big name, they might have their own separate dresser. Even they might come in with pieces that they're like, "I'm wearing this," and you're like, "Yep, yes, um, Audra, of course." <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, if you're working if you're working in like a professional, it's like an say you're working like a professional theater, an equity theater, you've got equity actors and some just run-of-the-mill working actor who has a complex comes in and is like, I'm not going to wear this. Then there's there's generally, like, rules in place for that, you know? It's like, yeah. this, it's the same thing as, like, if, if a performer doesn't hang up their costume, there's, they're going to pay a fee. Like, they're going to have to, they're going to have to pay their $65 or whatever. They'll get, because you report them if they, if, if, it, if it's a pattern, you know? If you're working at a collegiate level, things are a little bit trickier because you can't find the students for things. You can just tell them not to do it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. right. So. Oh, I wish we could find. <laughs> I would have been rich, me and Marcus. <laughs> we would have been um, rich. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and also, like, depending on the kind of like college that they're in some some colleges are better than others in terms of like instilling those values in their performers of like here's what you can't say in a fitting here's what's here's what you can't do you know like and then other places it's just like not considered so you get a lot of young actors who think that they have the like that they should be able to say like how they feel about every artistic choice that's being made regarding the costume when it's already been like a conversation between the designer and the director. Mm-hmm. That being said, like there's designers who think that like they don't care at all what the performer has to say. Mm-hmm. And that's the other end of the spectrum. There's certain instances in which you always listen to the performer, obviously issues of comfort. If they're, if they're really uncomfortable in the way that something makes them look or makes them feel on more than a stylistic level, then to me, it makes sense that you have to find a solution to that because otherwise you're just hindering their performance by, by like not having that conversation. Like they're the them. ones who have to do the show. So you can't really yeah. say like, I don't care that you're getting blisters. No. You have to wear these shoes. Yeah. Because then they're walking weird during yeah. the play. <laughs> Yeah, no, you never want to put an actor in shoes they're not comfortable in. But then on the other hand, it's like if you're doing a period show and everyone has to wear a crinoline and your performer is like, I'm just really, I'm not really comfortable in the crinoline. Like, that's, that, that, then it becomes a conversation of like, well, that is appropriate for the period and that is what everyone is wearing. And it's like, here's a slip. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, we're gonna give it to you for rehearsal like you're gonna get a chance to practice in it but it's like yeah that it's it's challenging and it's also like fit the fitting is such a is already such a like heightened thing I feel like it's going to be even more so once we start doing in-person fittings again because people we just won't be used to it but it's like such an intimate moment there's so many like things going on in the performer's head And it has the opportunity to be a moment where you hand someone something to put on, they put it on, and they're like, oh, I totally get it now. Like, I, I feel like I can be the character in this. I understand what, like, you you can have those really amazing fitting moments, and you you can also have fittings where it's like, oh, something's not clicking. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out, like, where, where in the chain of communication 
like is is the is the is something not working does that make sense yes it does yeah no that makes total sense i mean it's interesting because it's every single interaction is a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. you know Mm because there are like so many people to keep in mind for like one exact yeah and it's like the way that you sell a garment to a performer versus the way you sell it to a director might end up being completely different because you and the director might have a communication. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this, <laughs> but, but then the performer, you might know that the performer isn't going to understand like where that thought process came from, or they might, they might want to, you might know that they want to hear something different about the character. And that it's not necessarily going behind anyone's back to kind of tell the story in two different ways to two different people, because you've got lots of people in the room telling different versions of the same story. That's how you make a show happen. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's, I, I mean, everyone, everyone who does fitting has a fitting voice and like a fitting persona, you know, it's like, it's like your customer service voice, you know, a fitting it's like, voice. I've never heard that in my life. That makes it's, so much sense though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do. It is like a customer yeah. service voice or how you're, because you, you know, you have to talk to someone a certain way when you're telling them to take their clothes off. Yes, yeah, you like have to I make did. them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like. Hi, it. I'm so excited! I'm yeah. so excited to have this fitting. So, actually, I think we're just going to start off with just working on like the base layers. So, in here, I have like this bra and this slip, and these are like period garments. So, they're going to fit a little bit differently than what you're necessarily used to, but. We're going to try these ones first, and then once you're ready, just let us know. We'll take a look. We'll see how they work, and let me know if you need anything in there. That was like, beautiful. Yeah, that was <laughs> really fantastic. So that was like yeah. costume I'm fitting so ASMR. You should make that. Ah, that's my side hustle. That's like my fourth side hustle. <laughs> start another one. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for sharing so many things with us. Yeah, thank you so much. I feel like I'm, I've been talking nonstop. <laughs> this this is what we asked for because I want to yeah. hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, your experiences. I mean, you've been doing way more Zoom-based theater than we have. Yeah. I've done nothing, nothing theater-related in the past year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me either. Except for Except this. For this this yeah. right, right now. Yeah. I'm, and that I'm involves both... talking to amazing people about what they're doing. Exactly. Like you. Is I it, it does feel very like creatively exciting to just get to talk to other people about yeah. how everything's mm-hmm. going because it's like it's it's one thing when it's like I'm talking to my friends about my job and it feels a little bit differently to just be like oh we're actually going to talk about like how this is working like mm-hmm. as theater artists to each other and how it's not working and <laughs> all those different things but it does i feel like the biggest the biggest shift is that there is and i hope that we're able to keep some of this there is a little bit more of a concession that not everything is possible not everything is you can't expect that humans can create everything exactly perfect all the time yeah. there's a little bit more room for error and there's a little bit more like human like like a like ease there's a little bit more ease um and uh, like understanding of limitations and barriers 
because a lot of the time in theater, we kind of set very, very high expectations and then we like, bully and we ourselves have, we the whole way through. This. Yeah. Yeah. For real. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and that obviously has to change. Right. Well, but, hopefully when, I don't know, we're the ones in charge of things, we can help. Right. Right. Make it chill. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of rehearsal rooms that I want to have. Yeah. That are run by us. Right. (laughs) Chill, and in the way where it's like, if you can't do something, say it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Or like, if this, like, when I'm directing, it's like something that I'll always, like, talk about. It's like, I mean, there are certain times where it's like, I know I want you to sit right here on this line, so you're gonna sit Mm -hmm. during Mm -hmm. that line. Yeah. But also, if you're just like, I, this movement just feels so wrong or I feel mm-hmm. like I have to go over there or like I can't with what your how your performance is happening and like what your instincts are telling you Yeah, I'm not in your brain I'm not sure. very much in the character's brain either mm-hmm. I'm in the audience's brain and in my mm-hmm. brain Yeah. so yeah. you gotta tell me you know they're the tools putting on the show totally so, listening to them is how you get the best product possible. Yeah, the communication the communication train is, like, I mean, now that we have to do everything so intentionally through our computers, it does make you more aware of, like, how much communication actually goes on in a rehearsal process. Because mm-hmm. anything that might happen just in passing in the hall or on a break that becomes something does not happen in this in this mm-hmm. reality. It's like you have to send yeah. an email if you have a question. You have to set up a time to talk on Zoom if you want to show your designer some options. You can't just flag someone down and ask them to come take a look at something. Yeah. If I have an email that I'm sending to the like stage management team, and I'm like kind of unsure how to word it. I have to forward it to all of my supervisors and ask for their opinion instead of just being like, "Hey, could you come take a look at this before I hit send?" Like, um, yeah. does this sound bitchy? I feel like we ask that all the time. Oh yeah, oh, I'm yeah. trying to say hurry up without points. saying hurry up. <laughs> when can we expect a response regarding X Y Z? Right. Um. Just wanting an ETA for your next email. It's been a strange shift from being like being in school like a year and a half ago myself. And now Mm -hmm. I'm on the other side of that, like administratively. Um, Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Okay. I understand why my professor's email responses were the way they were. (laughs) And and why sometimes they didn't respond to things and why, um, sometimes the responses were late, you know, because it's like the amount of like the amount of labor, like really that goes into like drafting emails and sending them to the right people and getting all of the right information and words into them is like, it's intense. True. Yeah. It's intense. I got a lot of just emails that said okay from professors as if you were texting. (laughs) Yeah, I got two. Okay, or sure. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. 
Especially, like, considering most of these people I have never met in person. Yeah, exactly. So my whole persona that I'm giving them is through emails and meetings. And it's all they know. Yeah. For, um, I mean, I didn't, I, I did not get to meet the other costume apprentices until our first day of work. Um, Mm -hmm. two of them, like, moved to the city, like, that week, so there, there wasn't going to be an opportunity anyway, but, um, I met them on Zoom first, and we had, like, a week and a half on Zoom before we were all together in the same space, all four of us, and I was, like, wow, um, like, this person is just, like, a different height than I expected them to be, you know? Yeah, that that is not something (laughs) I thought about. You don't know how tall people are when you see them like that. Mm -hmm. At all. You could be, like, 5'11", and who's going to tell me you're not, you know? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, for real. Wow. I know how tall you are. You do. Yeah. You do. (laughs) (laughs) Three foot six. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Meredith... Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. And telling us your story and about what's Mm -hmm. happening now. Thank you for having me. This was a delight. Do you want to, do you want to plug anything? Anything Um, People can follow my Instagram, which is at it's from the thrift store. It's so weird. Um, And that'll kind of take you to whatever. My website is meredithcostumes.com. Just renewed my domain name today. So it should be working. If you want to take a look at uh, some you reminded of me stuff. of the website I have uh, <laughs> been so paying real. for. You reminded me of the website <laughs> I need to fix. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I mean, now I guess it's time to be yeah. like, okay, the world's happening again. Vacations yeah, like, like, no one likes working on their website. <laughs> yeah. Working on websites is the worst. Yeah. I was like, I need to quit my full-time job so I can It's fun for like 20 minutes and then you're like, this is horrible. I just completely redid my website and then was immediately like, I think I need to redo this. (laughs) So um, so maybe I shouldn't have told people to go look at it. Anyway, thank you so much for having me. My God, of course. Thank you so much for Thank you for listening, everyone. Please follow us on Instagram at fun.theater.com. And if you have any crazy, right now we're collecting crazy theater stories. Oh man. Mishaps. Mm-hmm. Somebody said Macbeth and whatever happened. <laughs> we want to know. So please send us an email or DM us on Instagram with your stories. Our email is funtheatercollective at gmail.com. And filmed. Gmail is loading right now so that I can make sure. <laughs> yes, fun theater with an R-E collective mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And keep up with the fun. 